Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Welcome to Kane Radio's Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday, October the 27th. And a lot of shaking going on with high school football scheduling going on right now. Uh, games are being changed. Of course, uh, we were going to be at... Good gosh, it might rain Friday. Let's. <laughs> well, I did them a favor. I washed my car. There you go. Anyway, uh, so I look for uh, the rain sometime uh, tomorrow. Anyway, uh, we were supposed to have Catholic High and uh, Lorville on tomorrow night, but the coaches got together uh, between uh, Terry Martin and Scott Watney, and they decided to move the game up to this, this evening. And Kane Radio will be there for the Catholic High-Lorville game. Also, uh, other teams uh, moving their games that we are aware of. Uh, Acadiana and Karen Crow uh, are moving their game to tonight, along with Westgate and St. Thomas Moore are moving their game uh, up to tonight that we're aware of. Uh, also, Delcom and Ascension Episcopal, Franklin and uh, West St. Mary. Of course, you wonder if one or two of those games may be played on Thursday due to the lack of the officials, uh, the numbers uh, that the officials. So some of those games might have already been planned uh, for today. St. Martinville at Abbeville, also uh, tonight at 7. And, of course, the Catholic High uh, Lorville game. Uh, Northside and uh, Turlings Catholic, we still see they're playing tomorrow along with Lafayette Christian, North Vermillion, Livonia at Cecilia. Uh, all of these games are scheduled for tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Lafayette at Southside, uh, Covenant Christian at Generet, Highland Baptist at uh, Centerville, and Nish at Sulphur. So uh, just some of the local games that have moved up and some of them had decided to stay the same. So we'll keep you abreast as well as we can. that's what we know of. That's right. And And we're not saying how accurate that is either with regards to those movements of games. The times are all the same, generally 7 o'clock. But that's due to, we hope, uh, they might have uh, some rain tomorrow evening, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, well, the, what is it, 40, 60% chance uh, 50 of rain? in the afternoon, maybe 80% into the early evening, but probably out of the way by 8-ish. Yeah, so uh, folks, uh, just um, not sure how to tell you to keep in touch with all of that, but um, I don't know, maybe just uh, through social media, you can see if those games have been moved or not. Uh, there's enough that uh, in Facebook and other areas that you can see whether you're at your home team or your your uh your school has moved their game time uh to uh, uh save themselves supposedly from the inclement weather yeah so good god football and rain i've never heard of it before yeah it's almost uh tragic <laughs> anyway uh elsewhere tonight we got uh thursday night football on amazon uh as the ravens and the bucks go at it and of course uh if you're a saint fan like uh myself you hope that the Ravens put it on the books tonight, uh, whether it be one point or 20 points. Uh, they're going to tee it up tonight uh, a little after 7 o'clock. We'll see what shakes in that game. As, uh, Tom Brady, I-, I still feel that he's got so much on his mind right now with regards to his uh, family life and also with the game and taking time out from uh, different venues and all, Jeff. Uh, the the bucks the, the bucks are averaging uh, i have here 17 uh, 17.7 points per game and uh, you got to remember they scored 19 against the cowboys 30 against the saints and i think they scored 31 on what was it a sunday night game or a monday night game against the chiefs a few weeks back so uh, they're having their issues right now the offensive line's pretty much torn apart meanwhile baltimore Comes in averaging 26 points a game, which is sixth in the league. So uh, tonight, uh, that game on Prime, uh, Amazon, that's the only way you can see it unless you want to hit one of the uh, local establishments that uh, has the game on tonight. Uh, of course, the Ravens come in at 4-3, and three, Tampa Bay at 3-4 and four, over at Raymond James Stadium uh, in Tampa. They expect scattered showers in a temperature around 76 degrees uh, for the game tonight. Tampa's a two-point pick. I find that hard to believe. They must be at home, huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the over and under is 46. So uh, they say the reasons uh, the, the, the like uh, Tampa, it's 42 to 20. Uh, I just – I don't know. I Can Tampa score more than uh, 20 points on a, a Ravens defense? It's really not too bad. So, uh, of course, you got to contend with Lamar Jackson with rollouts and uh, – and he's getting some of his injured players back too. So 
should be an interesting ball game if that's uh, your course. Got got a lot going on tonight. Uh, again, uh, you mentioned uh, the one of our local establishments will have the game, uh, Quarter Tavern, but also the Cajuns play tonight. That's uh, right. They That's play right. in one of those midweek games. Uh, we'll look. We'll have that on and. Blackhawks uh, going for five in a row tonight. Uh, and they they I, lost I, their first one? They lost their first two and have won okay. four since. And I'm, I'm guessing that they have not won five in a row since the 2016-17 season when they won really? the President's Cup, uh, but then lost, uh, got swept in the first round of the playoffs. It was brutal but, ending to the season. But but I, I don't think they've won five in a row uh, in a long time. Really? Wow, that's so unusual, We'll see if too. they can do it. A good hey. team, uh, Edmonton, Connor McDavid, uh, coming to town. Well, uh, educate me in a little bit with regards to that in that uh, the uh, uh, Blackhawks, uh, usually when they come home, they play two or three matches. And it doesn't there, – there's no real consistency. Okay, it's like there like, is baseball where exactly. they play nine, eight or nine home games just, and just go on the road for like Yeah, months. almost guaranteed at least six uh, home games, two series uh, in a row. Uh, no. Uh, sometimes it – and they've been you – know, they hit the road, started uh, on the road, that West Coast swing, uh, three games, and then they give them almost a, a full week off, and they have been at home. Uh, this will be the third, fourth home game in a row. Okay. And then they're probably hitting the road after that. Uh, well, you mentioned just moments earlier, of course, the Cajuns uh, journeying into Hattiesburg tonight to take on uh, the Southern Miss, uh, the Eagles, uh, over on uh, off I-10. Of course, that's going to be on ESPN2, so you'll be able to view into that. Uh, let's see. They say it's going to be cloudy tonight over in Hattiesburg, temperature around 57 degrees, uh, wind about 7 miles an hour. The Cajuns are one-point pick in that game. And uh, I know the line had moved earlier when the game first came out. Uh, it was one and a half in favor of the Cajuns. Then it went to two and a half, two, one, one. And then a picket uh, sometime yesterday uh, morning. And then uh, it went in favor of Southern Miss, heavy betting on Southern Miss, and back to the Cajuns. So that's where it stands as of uh, 10.24 p.m. last night uh, as the Cajuns are one-point pick uh, they go into that game, I'm pretty sure they're pretty healthy, too. They're talking about uh, whether or not Fields will be eligible to play in that game uh, sometime uh, tonight. But You're talking uh, about the quarterback? Yeah. I, I believe he is available. Anyway, but the way uh, Woolrich has been playing, Jeff, uh, there's not much more you can say about that. He threw for over 200 yards or 300 yards, I think, last week in the Cajun win over Arkansas State. Uh, Cajuns uh, are averaging about 27 a game. Uh, Southern Miss 25. Cajuns total offense 357. Southern Miss 334. 227 for uh, UL throwing the football. Southern Miss 209. 129 rushing for the Cajuns. 125 for Southern Miss. Uh, elsewhere, uh, the Cajuns third down uh, efficiency 30, 41%. Southern Miss 36. Fourth down, Cajuns 46%. Uh, Southern Miss on fourth down there at 58%. Uh, meanwhile, time of possession about the same. They're both at about 29, 28 minutes. Uh, anyway, UL's defense only give up 19 a game. Southern Miss 22, uh, 342 in total yards, 350 by Southern Miss. Uh, passings, uh, UL gives up about 220 a game. Uh, Southern Miss about 238. And rushing, UL gives up uh, 123 a game. Meanwhile, Southern Miss gives up 111. So uh, pretty evenly matched up teams, uh, of course. The way the uh, ball falls and the way it tumbles, uh, I'll probably decide the outcome of this game. I think both teams, special teams-wise, are pretty uh, pretty good teams. So uh, we'll see what the Cajuns uh, have in store for uh, the Eagles tonight up uh, I-10. Uh, up uh, I-10 and then I, uh, is it 59, I believe, uh, uh, Hattiesburg is located off of. Elsewhere, Virginia Tech and uh, uh, North Carolina State, number 24, North Carolina State, uh, go at it tonight in a late game. Number 14, Utah, takes on Washington State up in Pullman. So uh, high school football, some changes tonight. The Cajuns didn't see where the Cajuns would run into any rain either, Jeff. Uh, Not tonight. tonight. You know, up in Hattiesburg. Uh, so uh, – uh, the weather uh, tomorrow night is uh, supposed to be pretty rainy, so we'll see. Uh, th- things do change. But they're playing tonight. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. The Cajuns are playing tonight. 
A lot of high school games moved uh, tonight because of the rain forecast uh, tomorrow night. Some moved, some didn't move. Uh, We'll do what we can to keep you abreast in that uh, as we see. Uh, One other thing, too, Jeff, uh, in uh, regards to that, with the Saints going to start Andy Dalton uh, Sunday. They've made that announcement. Of course, the injury list still pretty thick for the Saints. uh, um, I'll pull that up real quickly, and uh, we can uh, speak about that momentarily. So the Saints – Injury list still strong, and uh, hopefully uh, they can. Uh, Jameis Winston not among them. That's right. And again, the move uh, because Andy Dalton has been uh, moving the football. They've been scoring points, and they don't want to lose that mojo. I see where Alvin Kamara made some comments like, "Hey guys, we got to get our swag back." And really, is he talking to the defense because? The offense has been moving the football. That's right. And uh, Jameis Winston was a full participant in practice yesterday. So along with uh, uh, Peyton Turner, the uh, second-year defensive end out of Houston, who was a number one draft choice uh, two years ago, Calvin Throckmorton also was a full practice. Uh, Ryan Ramchak was limited practice along with uh, Paulson Adebo, uh, Keith Kirkwood, and uh, Andres Pete. I'd like to see him back in the lineup. Of course, did not practice at all. Uh, The usual uh, four, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, Adam Troutman, along with Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas. Uh, Thomas's injury, of course, his foot, along with uh, uh, an ankle by Jarvis Landry, an ankle also for Troutman, and abdominal, uh, I guess. I wonder if Lattimore with uh, abdomen issues uh, has maybe a hernia or uh, something else. Not sure. I'm speculating. Uh, but those four being out, we could use them right now. And uh, the Saints um, take on uh, the, uh, their their opponent uh, the, the, with the black and gold as the Las Vegas Raiders uh, come to town. And uh, Derek Carr can put the ball up, too, and Jacobs is a fine running back. So uh, the Saints defense, uh, hopefully uh, they'll show up. And as you mentioned, Alvin Kamara talking about getting our swagger back uh, uh, the Saints have uh, a lot of things to clean up in the last few weeks uh, um, in that regard. So Andy Dalton is going to wing it again uh, Sunday for the Saints. And with uh, uh, Amos Winston on the sideline right now. So uh, what more can you say? Apparently Kamara gave some sort of talk after the game, after the 42-34 to loss Thursday night. Uh, he talked to reporters yesterday, said the Saints need to adjust their mentality, get their swag back, and that's why he gave the post-game speech to the team. Saints fell uh, two and five, uh, of course, last Thursday. Penalized uh, one of the most penalized groups in, in the NFL. He feels the difference between this year's unit and other Saints teams from the past is the way they respond to adversity. So even when we're down, it was never like we were looking at the score. It was like, well, all right expletive deleted let's go play football wasn't a score thing it wasn't like the other is he talking to the defense though because again the offense seems to be getting it done I agree with you I think the offense anytime you can average uh between 25 and 30 points a game uh you know if you can give up 20 21 points a game uh, I think your team is playing well of course the Saints are averaging 25 points a game which is seventh in the league right now 25 points a game doesn't seem much but it is seventh in the league well, the Raiders come in third in the league. They're averaging 27 points a game. Uh, Saints offense, 412 yards a game. That's third in the league. Uh, the, the Raiders committed 382. That's eighth. The Saints are, uh, throw the ball for 270 yards a game. That's eighth in the league. Uh, the Raiders throw it for 254. That's 12th. Rushing yards, the Saints average 142 yards uh, a game. That's eighth in the league. Uh, 128 is the Raiders. They're 11th. Uh, third down efficiency, the Saints come in at 41%. That's 12th in the league. The Raiders at 40.6. Uh, that's 14th. And fourth down conversions, the Raiders are first at 75%. They convert 75% of their fourth down attempts. Meanwhile, the Saints are at 50%. At 50%, they're 12th. Uh, time of possession, the Saints are 14th at a little over 30 uh uh, minutes a game, while the Raiders are also a little over 30. They're uh, 14th and 16th. Here's where the uh, big stat comes in. Uh, points allowed. The Raiders are 26th in the league, giving up 25 points a game. The Saints at 28.6. They're 31st in the league. There are only 32 teams in the league right now, and the Saints 
uh, the second worst in the league, giving up points. Elsewhere in total yards, the Saints only 14th. They're giving up 340 a game. The Raiders at 24th at 367. Elsewhere in passing yards, the Saints give up 217 a game. Uh, that's uh, 16th, uh, while the Raiders give up 262, that's 27th. So rushing yards, the Saints give up 123 a game, that's 22nd, while the Raiders only give up 104, that's 8th in the league. But, Jeff, the big stat there, and also the biggest stat that people don't see that a lot, the Saints are minus 10 right now in the turnover margin. And uh, that leads the league right now. And uh, usually Sean Payton's team were usually somewhere in that zero to plus five to minus five. But to be minus ten at this point in the year, uh, Saints have one interception. One in, I yeah. think Tara Matthew uh, picked that off a few weeks ago for the only interception of the uh, year. Uh, the defense just needs to get it back. And the offense is scoring points. Probably a reason that uh, Andy Dalton's still starting right now even though he threw two pick sixes last week. Just keep doing what you did in the first half. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Can you remember that statement at, uh, right at the break? Just unbelievable. So, um, I don't know. Dennis Allen, uh, I'm starting to feel that uh, his swagger, uh, you know, when he was with Oakland, he coached Oakland for three years, three and a half years, somewhere in there, and they let him go. Uh, I don't think he won more than five or six games when he was head coach there. It's Quite a big difference between being the head coach and being a defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator in the NFL. A lot of the fires you have to put out as a mm. head coach. And uh, right now, uh, the way the Saints are playing, uh, the way they're playing currently, I'm not saying in the future, but I'd be surprised if they win four or five more games this year. We shall see. It's 7.30, uh, time to check in with Coach Learman. That's right. So uh, you listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio. Uh, we'll have Coach uh, Josh Learman on talking about his big win uh, last week and also about his future opponent uh, come uh, and if they have moved their game tomorrow we'll night. We'll find out. That's right. Anyway, you listen to Kane Radio. We'll be back with more and Coach Learman right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Landry has been traveling around District 49 talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens. As we visited with thousands of people across our great district, many asked, how can we get involved in moving our district forward? Join us by going to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com where you can easily sign up and join our campaign. Go to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com and register now to join us. Pay for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. This Thursday, it's Southern Jack. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2. Imports, $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has yet covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Monthly bingo is back on Thursday, November 17th. And don't forget, Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday, October the 27th. And on the line with us is head football coach of the Yellow Jackets, Josh Lerman. Coach, good morning and welcome to the show. 
Well, good morning. Thank you guys for having me. Sure. Hey, Coach, uh, big win for your squad uh, last uh, week uh, as you take down the Como Spartans by the score of 48-12. to 12. Why don't you uh, just give us a little rehash of uh, what took place in that game and then uh, talk about your future opponent that you will play tomorrow night, the Sulphur Tornadoes. Uh, yeah, last, last Friday, our, you know, we, we executed well. Offense, Our offense executed really well. I think we only punted uh, one, two times, I believe. And then defensively, after the first two drives, you know, it was defense is all about attitude and effort. And, you know, in our effort, our effort, we stepped up our effort, so we were able to get stops and uh, and really hold their offense the rest of the game. Um, this Friday, Sulphur, you know, Sulphur's very well coached. Uh, they do a lot of stuff and offensively run run pass option type stuff. So we'll have to be disciplined and uh, and, and trust our keys, and, and we should have a successful night. Uh, Coach, uh, with uh, regards to your team uh, last week uh, at Como, I do believe uh, you won that game by the score of 48 to 12. Uh, uh, I know Jeff asked you what worked for you that night, but in particular, uh, uh, were there any turnovers? Uh, were you able to um, get turnovers? Uh, uh, your kids played, uh, you mentioned well, but uh, you know, turnovers play a so important part of the game, and I'm sure you've had your uh, issues with that during the course of the year. Uh, explain a little bit more to us uh, with regards to that game last Friday. Uh, yeah, we're always trying to win the turnover battle. You know, last, last week against Como, um, we uh, they turned the ball over uh, twice, and then if you count four downs, they were 0 for 5 on four downs. So really seven times we got the ball back from them, and then our offense did not turn the ball over at, at all. So, you know, when you win the turnover battle, you know, there's a good chance that you're going to win the game. Uh, Coach, in regards to that, uh, with uh, the Sulphur Tornadoes, uh, if fans attending the game over in Sulphur, who do particularly that the Yellow Jackets are keeping an eye on tonight, uh, not only uh, offensively but defensively for the Tornadoes? Uh, well, uh, uh, for their offense, you know, their, their quarterback's pretty good. They got a really fast receiver. He, uh, I think he was second in the 100-meter dash at the district track meet. And then they have a big tight end uh, – his daddy played for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, played at LSU. So he, he is very big. You know, he's a pretty good tight end. So uh, defensively, they're just very sound. You know, they, they do what they're going to do, and they play with really good technique. So, you know, we're going to have to be, again, we just need to play a clean game, no turnovers, limit the penalties, and, uh, and just compete and play hard. Yeah, uh, Sulphur, um, strong community, uh, again, backs that team pretty well. Uh, I know they built a new stadium a few years ago. I'm not sure if it was affected by uh, the storms at all, but are, are you familiar with that facility and uh, what the fans might uh, be prepared for? Uh, yes, sir. It's, it's a nice facility. Uh, it was built when I was at Nish before, so I don't know how long ago it was built, but uh, at least the renovations were done. It's, it's, it's very nice. Uh, as far as for tomorrow, I'm hearing there's going to be some rain, so bring some rain gear. Yeah, I'm a little surprised uh, as many games that have moved to tonight because of rain. I, I I know football traditionally has not worried as much about the weather as, say, baseball, but uh, a little surprised by all the movement. Yeah, there has been a lot of games moved, uh, and there was really no talk of moving our game. The head coach never called me about that or anything, so... I think I believe they have another game on their field tonight, though. I think that's part of the reason why there was no talk about it. Understood. Uh, is it an artificial surface? Yes, sir. Gotcha. So uh, something you're at least familiar with. And uh, I know we've had uh, some brilliant weather throughout this season, uh, and I think maybe that plays a part into it uh, because teams haven't had to play in uh, bad weather this year, at least in South Louisiana. Yeah, right. You know, all you know, all we could really do to prepare for it was, you know, we made our kids practice yesterday with no gloves and no visors, you know, because once your gloves get wet, they're they're useless. And if we're having to constantly take kids out because you can't see through your visor, that's gonna that's gonna hurt us a little bit. So, gotcha. Anything else going on uh, in uh, Nish Athletics these days? Uh, no, our. Uh, our volleyball team is doing pretty well, and, uh, you know, the basketball team has started practice getting ready for their season. So, you know, we're excited. We want every program at this school to be successful. There you go. Well, Coach, uh, we appreciate you joining us on these Thursday mornings. Uh, wish you the best of luck uh, in preparation in advance of tomorrow night, and we'll check in with you again on Saturday morning. 
All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah Coach, good luck to you. Uh, the uh, tight end he's speaking about, too, Jeff, is, uh, is John David LaFleur. And his dad, uh, uh, Greg LaFleur, played at LSU back in the day and played with the Cowboys. Not long how long he played with them, but this young man, I was going through the roster of uh, the Sulphur Tornadoes, and uh, I'm looking quickly to remember uh, where he was in that particular. Uh, he wears number 47. He's 6'6", and he's 237 pounds. The kicker, he's a sophomore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that means he's 15, 16 years old. So the quarterback he's speaking of, I do believe uh, that Sulphur is keeping a, an eye on uh, is uh, Gage Trahan or Trahan. Uh, they probably call it in Sulphur. Uh, but he's a uh, 5'9", 175-pound senior quarterback, whereas number 15. So uh, the two uh, players they, uh, that uh, Coach mentioned, uh, I couldn't find the wide receiver he was speaking of with the speed. But uh, let's hope the Yellow Jackets can bring home another win. You know, that area is still uh, trying to come back from those storms they had the past uh, couple years ago. And um, along with Barb, uh, Westlake, some of those teams up in that area, the uh, state, of course, South Cameron, uh, really devastated uh, by the storm. But uh, good luck to them and the Yellow Jackets. Uh, hopefully uh, they play a good game and they're able to get it in uh, with the supposedly inclement weather we're supposed to have this uh, Friday night. Gotcha. Anyway, uh, elsewhere, uh, Jeff, uh, Major League Baseball, as I mentioned, Uncle Charlie's coming back for the Cardinals. And that's uh, uh, Adam Wainwright decided to come back for his 18th year. And I think it's, it's due him. Uh, of course, he went out with uh, uh, the last game, uh, regular season game in St. Louis. Uh, uh, he walked off the field with uh, Yachty Molina along with uh, Albert Pujols. Uh, the big threesome for the Cardinals. But Uncle Charlie is nicknamed that's because of his curveball, which he's still got one of the best curveballs in the major leagues. Coming back for his 18th year next year with the St. Louis Cardinals. There you go. Elsewhere, Jeff. Uh, and, and by the way, speaking of baseball, though, uh, World Series, of yes. course, begins tomorrow. And uh, Nola's getting a start for uh, Philadelphia over Wheeler. A uh, little surprise there. They've had some time to rest, uh, obviously, but. Um, not sure what that means for the rest of the rotation, but um, we could see Nola two, three times uh, in this that's World right. Series. That's right, and I think Verlander is expected to start for the Astros in Game One, so it'll be uh, an interesting uh, battle. Verlander's been, you know, he's he's throughout the course of the year he's been pretty solid, but the last couple games, that, that last uh, playoff game, I think he got hit pretty good too against uh, uh, when the Yankees or was it the Yankees? Uh, the Astros came back. Uh, to win a game, of course, right now the Astros haven't lost in the playoffs. No, they're seven and zero, and uh, we spoke about that a little bit yesterday. That the White Sox in '05 had the best run. I think they were eleven and one since the um, extra playoff games have correct. begun. Correct. So uh, we'll see if the uh, uh, if the Astros can continue that streak, or Philadelphia, who's really playing well, Jeff, and as well as you know, and I. Uh, the last couple of weeks of the season, when you've got a battle to get into the playoffs, you, you stay honed and sharp, and that's what pretty much the uh, Phillies have done. And Wheeler and Nola, they're two of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball, too. So you wonder if they can get out of uh, Houston with a split. Uh, that says something right there for the uh, the Phillies. And then they're bombing the ball, too. Uh, they've got everybody in that lineup, like the Astros, can knock the ball out the park at any time. So, uh should be an interesting matchup. Pitching and defense usually wins World Series, as you know, and uh, three-run homers, as Earl Weaver says. So uh, that all begins uh, tomorrow night at, I think, 7.03 is the first pitch over in Houston. So uh, interesting as it is. One other baseball note we didn't talk about yesterday, uh, and, and it was certainly there for talking about, but Bruce Bochy returning to the dugout, uh, coming to Texas, the – Rangers uh, somehow lured him out of retirement, and I wonder what the attraction was. Yeah, it, it seemed he, he left his dream job. Yeah, he was with the Giants. Uh, for, didn't he? He won three World Series, I think, with the Giants in ten, twelve, and fourteen. Uh, so you wonder who knows. Well, look at Tony La Russa comes out of retirement. Well, that's the thing, you, you know, know. It's it's not as easy as uh, you'd like it to be, uh, you know, and, and Tony La Russa was walking into a good situation. In fact, you know, the the manager who was fired, and I, his name is escaping me, and I, I feel bad about it because he managed the Cubs, too, 
and got them through uh, those years where they were rebuilding and you know, got them to a certain level, and then they fired him, hired Joe Madden, which I was pleased to see because uh, I was always a Joe Madden fan, and obviously uh, it worked. Uh, the results were pretty good. But then the same manager gets hired by the White Sox through a rebuilding process, and he gets them up to a certain level, and then they fire him for Tony Larusa. And I felt so bad for the guy. I wish he could get his job back. Uh, his name, Mike, uh, man, I, I can't believe I can't remember his name. But anyway, uh, so Bruce Bochy coming back. Uh, we'll see if he can bring back the magic. Uh, uh, I'm just glad it's the American League because yeah, he, he had too know, much the, success in the National League. Yeah, the Rangers win the World Series twice in 2010 and were defeated, and then they got beat again in 2011 by the Cardinals in that uh, uh, dramatic six game with David Freeze hitting that triple. What and is it about the, the Cardinals getting into weird game sixes? Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yesterday we spoke about mm-hmm. how uh, with the umpire with Dinkinger and uh, – the missed call, and uh, so it's. Uh, uh, I remember uh, in the sixth game of the, against Detroit in '68, uh, with uh, the the Northrop and that crowd, uh, uh, they just bombed the Cardinals in that game, along with the sixth, uh, the seventh game in the the '85 series. But in the meantime, uh, the World Series tomorrow night. I saw one one guy. They had a uh, he made a book on a bet back in uh, before the season began. And he got a 2,500-to-one bet that the Astros and the Phillies would be playing in oh, game Lord. one of the uh, World Series. And uh, don't know how much he bet, but 2,500-to-one, uh, even with a dollar bet or a $10 bet <laughs> or a $100 things weren't bet. looking good midseason for the Phillies. Uh, the Astros uh, really started to pour it on yes, midseason, but they were playing well all season. But then they really uh, turned it on in the second half. But... Uh, yeah, the the idea that the Phillies uh, would have been there at the start of the season, uh, hard to believe. Yeah, especially with the Dodgers, you know, uh, the way they played. They won 111 games this year, and they sat down come uh, the championship series uh, as the Phillies took them out. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we'll see how uh, all that's going to progress right now through the course of the World Series. Games 1 and 2 will be in Houston. Then they moved on to Philadelphia. That'll be uh, games uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, if necessary, if one team, first one to four wins, uh, wins it all. So uh, that the World Series is the best out of seven games uh, uh, right now. And uh, with that, uh, uh, tomorrow night's big game. And as you mentioned, Nola against Verlander. Uh, Nolan was 11-13 and 13 during the course of the year with a 3-2 Point two five ERA. Yeah, Justin Verlander was eighteen and four with a one point seven five ERA. Uh, Houston, the heavy favorite in the first game, uh, minus one sixty two. The over and under is six and a half. So we'll see how that all comes out uh, here on uh, the World Series. Meanwhile, we're going to go ahead and take our next break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 12.40. Stay with us. We have Coach uh, Carol Olivier coming on at 8 o'clock hour to talk about his uh, team, the Acadiana Christian Lions. We'll be right back. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. 
With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answertopain.com. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Hi, this is Boxcar Badgerow, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kang Road, and Sugar Oak. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back back to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday, October 27th here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And Jeff, with... uh, Football this weekend, you know, of course, we got game on tonight. Of course, our big game on tonight is the Catholic High Panthers entertaining the Laurelville Tigers on Kane Radio. Uh, uh, we come on, on air around 6.30 with the f- uh, kickoff approximately 7 o'clock. Uh, big game for both teams. Catholic High playing uh, for a district championship uh, with a, uh, a win over the Laurelville Tigers. Meanwhile, the Laurelville Tigers looking for maybe uh, a win with uh, their tie uh, yeah, with one loss in the district against the uh, Ascension Episcopal Blue Gators. Uh, of course, uh, those two teams will go their separate ways with the way the playoff system is with the select and non-select. So uh, in the meantime, uh, big game on Kane uh, Radio tonight. Elsewhere um, in college football, uh, you wonder uh, the LSU Tigers are off right now and uh, a lot of thoughts going through their mind as they uh, – I think, uh, Jeff, they've – in the eyes of many people, I think they've overachieved so far. You know, they're five and two heading into a big game against Alabama. A lot of people at this time thought they'd maybe be playing 500 football as last year in the bowl game. I think what they have uh, 37, 38 available scholarship bodies when they took on Kansas State in the bowl game. Uh, and Coach uh, um, Kelly has done a remarkable job, I think, uh, after looking at that first game against Florida State, which uh, looks like they're in. An average football team, then that's a special about them. Uh, the Tigers have come on. But again, an extra point away from perhaps tying that game and maybe winning it in overtime. Uh, but who knows uh, what happens in overtime. But, you know, no, th- this is a, a team that has overachieved. Uh, I, there's no, uh, and again, as much as we all love Coach O, he did not necessarily leave that team in great shape. Correct. And what's remarkable is that their offensive line, which was a weakness for this team earlier in the year, they started uh, one freshman at uh, left tackle, Campbell, out of Monroe. And then they went with the other kid. Uh, his name escapes me out of Baton Rouge, uh, Catholic High. Big kid, 6'5", 6'6", variety, 320 pounds. They put him at the other side, the other tackle. So they've got two literally – True freshman tackles right now playing for the Tigers, and uh, they've held up pretty well other than the uh, loss to Tennessee, which uh, everybody else is finding uh, Tennessee's for real this year, uh, scoring the football as they take down Alabama two weeks ago. And uh, they're now heading to another big game, which they have, I believe, this week. Uh, the big game. Uh, Tennessee, in, Kentucky. Yeah, that's uh, always going to be an interesting game. But the big game for the Volunteers is going to be when they take on the Georgia Bulldogs. And uh, not sure uh, when that game is going to be uh, followed up on. I'm looking through uh, uh, 
the, the schedule here, of course, uh, Georgia usually plays Florida. They haven't played that. They used to call it the cocktail bowl yeah, over the Largest in cocktail party. That's uh, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Georgia and Tennessee are scheduled for week 10 over in Athens. So, uh, number one, Georgia taking on number three, Tennessee. That's uh, if both teams come forward with wins in their next game. So uh, that'll be the big game in the country. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a primetime game. But they show here over in Athens, Georgia, it's a 2 o'clock game November 5th. And so that'll be the same day. They've already set a time. That must be solid. But yeah, it that's, surprises sh- me that they've set a time already. Yeah, and that's, that's usually a CBS game, which it is. And, uh, of course, the uh, forecast uh, two weeks from now uh, calls for 77 degrees uh, with a low of 47. That's at night, but uh, mostly sunny. With oh, a- I'm sorry. It's just November 5th? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that, that's not that far in advance. That's uh, no, yeah. It's not unusual the game time would be set. That's right. And uh, in the meantime, uh, basically uh, the following week, uh, I think Georgia still plays their old nemesis, Georgia Tech, uh, uh, that game is usually played around Thanksgiving, and I'm just scrolling ahead uh, for another week uh, and don't see anything there. But uh, the Georgia Bulldogs and Tennessee Volunteers, of course, Tennessee plays uh, Kentucky, as you mentioned. I didn't see, didn't peek and see who Georgia plays uh, this week or if they're on or off. Georgia does play Georgia Tech November 26th. Yeah, that's usually the last game of the year when that game is played whether it be in uh, uh, Bobby Dodd Stadium or over in Athens. Uh, it will be in Athens. Yeah, so uh, in the meantime, uh, the Volunteers play Kentucky. They get past Kentucky, which uh, nobody slowed them down yet. So uh, even Alabama, who went in the overtime, was it? I'm trying to recall how many overtimes they played. One, two. Well, it wasn't three, was it? Did they have to go for two? Mm-hmm. And it was 52-49, I think, the final up in Knoxville where uh, Tennessee defeated Alabama. and uh, That was an overtime, was it? Well, I want to say it was. Alabama and uh, uh, Tennessee. Anybody know any better? Give us a call. Uh, I thought it was a uh, an overtime game. I could be wrong. I know it was a field goal game uh, in that regard. Uh, quickly going through the scores here. Uh, to try to see. Uh, no, it was uh, 50, 52-49 regulation. Just yeah. Tennessee scored 18 points in the final quarter. Alabama scored 14 points in the final quarter. And uh, they beat uh, number three Alabama on a late field goal uh, to win the game. So, uh, was it Alabama was a nine-point pick going into that game. And the over and under was 68. They blew that out the water uh, in the meantime. So, uh, Anyway, Jeff, I uh, don't know if you had any late-breaking news or anything updating. A lot of remind folks, uh, the Catholic High-Lorville game was moved up to tonight at 7 p.m. over at uh, Panther Stadium. Uh, also check in uh, maybe social media and other outlets that might have uh, high school teams moving their games tonight because of the uh, inclement weather they're forecasting for Friday afternoon, Friday night. So uh, check your local high schools and see if they have moved their game up or not. Uh, we'll try to keep you informed on that. But the one game, uh, Kane Radio will be broadcasting uh, tonight, Catholic High, to, uh, entertaining Lorville. That would be at uh, airtime 6.30 and the kickoff approximately 7 o'clock. Not sure if you talked to Coach Watney about this Monday night. Uh, I see uh, as of, I guess uh, the 25th was Tuesday, they updated the PowerPoints, the LHSAA uh, unofficial PowerPoints, but, right. but still on their website. They're number 13, which... Um, you know, eight teams are getting a bye in the That's first right. round, so I'm. They should home. They should host a yeah. one home playoff game. Not who sure that will be against. Of course, the next two games will, de- will surely. Uh, I don't think they'll move up as high as eighth, as which Co- Coach Watt said that uh, for them to get a more than one uh, home game. But uh, as of right now, um, at thirteenth, they could possibly move to twelfth or eleventh. But. Uh, as high as eighth, uh, I don't think so. Lauraville, they are the number twenty team in the power points in non-select Division Three, and again, different playoff uh, situation. Twenty-eight teams in their brackets so of the top four teams get a uh, bye in the first round. So Lauraville uh, on the uh, bubble of hosting a game. So big game for. The Tigers uh, tonight. Yeah, it is, and uh, both teams, uh, as Coach Martin mentioned. Uh, 
on his on when we had him on the show Tuesday about uh, you know a lot of these kids know each other. It's a lot of fun and. Uh, uh, they know each other through, uh, I guess, seven on seven during the summer and just uh, socially and all. So it's it's going to be an interesting game. You know, Laurelville's only eight or nine miles outside of New Iberia. Yeah. And uh, a lot of these kids uh, uh, see each other socially and out out in the area and all. So uh, And, of course, Catholic High gets to draw from anywhere. And this so is true. And not unusual that a Laurelville kid would be playing at catholic high yeah we even uh, years ago and in my class we had a few kids from lowerville that came to uh catholic high and uh they knew a lot of the kids up in that area of course if you ask me today i can hardly remember any of the uh, the uh football players from lowerville because they were in uh catholic high was in double a and lowerville was in class a at the time uh, back then, and uh, with that, uh, the, the coming years, uh, integration brought that uh, the largest student bodies, and uh, even it created uh, 4A back in those times. And of course, we have 5A, which I still think uh, Louisiana would be more uh, balanced with uh, just four classifications of high school football. It seems like uh, some of the uh, lower classifications. Uh, uh, have a lot of teams in the upper classifications. Uh, as you know, uh, we saw what maybe 10, 12 teams in the select and non-select or the select teams. So anyway, times will tell with that. But uh, hopefully have uh, Coach Carol Olivier on in our next segment uh, talking about his Acadiana Christian lines over the weekend. And you're listening to Bayou Sports here. Stay with us. We'll be back with Coach Olivier right after this. The athletic field provides challenges that test their competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good-paying jobs, that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge, and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. This Thursday, it's Southern Jack. Remember, never cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2. Imports, $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Monthly bingo is back on Thursday, November 17th. And don't forget, Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes! Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Louisiana. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. On the line with us is Coach Carol Olivier of the Acadiana Christian Lions. Uh, good morning, Coach, and welcome to the show. Good morning. How you doing? Uh, so far, so good, Coach. Uh, I know uh, you uh, – uh, played last week, and uh, could you tell us uh, the outcome of your game, and uh, where do you go from here? Well, uh, we we uh, again we had some tough sledding preparing for the game. Um, we, I mean, we didn't. Of course, we didn't get the outcome that we wanted. We end up uh, we end up losing uh, forty four to nothing to uh, Swala. 
at their place. Um, but uh, seen a lot, learned a lot, and, and very, very excited about the future. There you go. Tell us a little bit about uh, how the game went down. Um, what were some of those uh, specific struggles on Saturday night? Um, just just settling, just settling down and uh, and settling. Um, we got there. You got to think. Um, we got a we got a, our, our quarterback. That was his first game taking any snaps at the quarterback position. I think he had had one mm. throughout the whole season. Our backfield consisted of our actual three starting offensive linemen. So they they all got moved to skill position in that game. So it did, and then so we had a whole new line up front besides our center. So it was just kind of rough getting used to the game. It's hard to simulate. You know, game time speed, especially against a really good team at practice. Um, so that was some of our early struggles. We ended up getting a turnover on the first drive, getting inside of the the, um, the 30. We thought we had a real shot at scoring, but bad snap over the head ended up taking that away from us. Um, but all in all, we played well. I, I think I think all in all, we played well for uh, – for the guys that got some experience, we started some guys both ways that had never done that before. So um, I, I think all in all, we we, we, we learned a lot, and I, and I like the toughness of our kids. Understood. Coach, uh, looking back on the season, you came in a little late, um, uh, March. Uh, you didn't have a full off season with the team. Uh, what, though, uh, highlights of uh, the, the past few months? Um. I, you know, kind of like the same thing I told Mr. Coppins, it just was the season itself. Uh, I just really enjoyed working with my staff. Uh, um, you know, everybody just, you know, getting an opportunity to do it for the first time. It was the first time for all of us. First-year head coach on the varsity level. All of my assistants were first-year guys. Um, just new kids, new system, learning eight-man, which is, 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 is interesting, um, but – but, um, you do have to study. It is another another style of football as far as just the numbers and spacing. Um, but just watching the kids grow, I think we spent a lot of time on skill development this year. Um, and just watching a lot of guys get better throughout the year. Um, especially like I said, like being able to watch those guys, I learned a valuable lesson. Um, you know, you want to be able to be in rush. You want to be able to fill a team, get the best players in. For that position, so we can start putting in the system right. And um, the playoff game showed me that I kind of, I kind of missed out on uh, Drew Wilder, which is who was played uh, everywhere on the offensive line and defensive line. He led us in receiving yards in that game, caught uh, three or four passes. One of them he broke for about a 25-yard run, uh, and then he had a, a, a couple of rushes. One that he took for like 25 yards too. So he showed like he's very athletic, which we knew he was. Um, he just was inexperienced at those skill positions. Uh, Everett Higgins, who was our quick tackle, he um, ran the ball really well. Put the ball on the ground a couple times, but receiving it out the shotgun for someone who's been playing with his hand in the ground the whole season, he ran the ball really well. I think he might have had the most carries in the game. He might have led us in, in rushing yards. And then Cam Spencer, who's our Strong tackle. He um, did well. Um, he probably was our second lead in Russia. Um, had one really good run for about 35 yards. Um, just watch those guys play at that that pace. I'm like, I turned to my coach Sanford. I said, Coach, don't let me make that mistake again. Because <laughs> it, it just gives you that type of things if you're versatile. And I miss that. Uh, Coach, uh, with regards to the prospects of uh, next year, uh, how many seniors do you leave uh, lose, and then uh, the prospects of uh, next year uh, coming back for you? Um, senior starters, um, um, I'm only losing two. Um, I'm losing a really, really, really good, strong tackle who I'm going to miss a lot, and I'm losing my leading receiver, uh, Cameron Savoy, is, uh, and, and Riz Dart, and our leading receiver. I'm going to lose them. Um, I'm also going to lose Jake Shelton, um, who's a really good leader on our on our team. Um, didn't play as much as those guys played, but he played situationally. But what he did in our locker room, what he did in our weight room, and what he did at practice is going is, is, is to be he's going to be equal to losing those guys, right? He's a consummate leader, uh, so we're going to miss those guys. But 
fortunately, we started a lot of younger guys. So I'm very excited um, about next year. Very, very excited. I actually can't wait to get started with the off-season plan. Yeah, what what are some of the off-season plans, whether it be the weight room or maybe uh, encouraging them to play other sports? And how about uh, recruiting uh, more players, getting them out of the hallways and onto the sidelines? I like to fancy myself for Jerry Maguire, right? Um, so I'm always, and I see a kid, I'm always talking to him, no matter how big, how small. I'm always trying to get kids out. I strongly, on the small school level, strongly encourage um, kids to play other sports. Um, we're really pushing the boys to, to do track this year. It's uh, to help develop uh, running running form and uh, just, just uh, speed and agility. Also building some stamina, right? Um but we're going to get into a, a really good off-season workout, weightlifting plan, and also spend some time in the film room, just kind of showing them what, what, what we're looking for, uh, you know, just kind of learning the response to football, getting the IQ a little bit better, and just watching the game itself. Understood. Well, Coach, it's been a pleasure this season uh, talking with you, learning a little bit about uh, your association and eight-man football uh, we wish you the best of luck during this off season, and we hope to be doing this again next fall. Yes, sir. Please uh, feel free to uh, let me know. We got our state championship um, this this Saturday. We're going to be uh, announcing our all state guys. So excited to see some of our boys' faces this 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 uh, this weekend. Well, where is Saturday's game? Um, at Louisiana College in uh, Pineville. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. So it's going to be excited. All right. Well, again, uh, we appreciate your time on these Thursday mornings. Uh, again, we'll uh, check in next uh, fall, but get us your schedule uh, early next year, and maybe we can work in again uh, and make it work next year. Man, that would be awesome. I'm definitely going to do that. I'm going to be on top of that. All right. Coach, take care. Uh, you too. Appreciate Coach Carol Olivier joining us on these Thursday mornings and uh, wish them uh, the best of luck in the off season and preparation. So much of your season is made in the off season and uh, with a full off season now for him to prepare for next year, uh, hopefully better results next year. Yeah. And uh, we learned a lot about eight man football ourselves here on Bayou sports. So uh, good luck to coach and uh, his endeavors in the, I guess for next year with his uh, team in that regard. So uh, coach, Appreciate you having we on each week. Elsewhere today in sports history, October the 27th, uh, big Wednesday uh, for today. Uh, anyway, in 1984, Washington State University running back Reuben Mays sets the collegiate football record with 357 yards rushing in one game at Oregon. So uh, Reuben Mays, uh, we all remember him for the Saints. He and Dalton Hilliard in the backfield. Elsewhere on this date in 1985, Anthony Carter begins an NFL streak over 100-plus consecutive games with a reception. I think Jerry Rice uh, reset that sometime in the 90s or so. Elsewhere on this date in 1985 uh, in the World Series, the Royals route the Cardinals 11-0 at Rawls Stadium uh, for uh, four games to three series wins. Uh, the MVP, Kansas City pitcher Brent Saberhagen. I can still see him. His wife, I think, was pregnant while he was on the bench and the camera hit him. He was pointing to his wife's large belly and all. Uh, just great pictures uh, of World Series play. In 1985, Billy Martin fired for the fourth time by the Yankees. Why not? Uh, yeah, well, uh, believe it or not, he had a fifth time uh, later on during the course of his career. In 1986 in World Series play, the Mets win their second title as they beat the Red Sox 8-5 to at Shea Stadium uh, for a four-games-to-three series win. The MVP, infielder Ray Knight uh, at the time. Bill Buckner wasn't the MVP? No, if, uh, not, well, might have been. but for the uh, Mets, he was the yeah, MVP. Yeah, but wasn't Ray Knight married to Nancy Lopez, the yes, golfer, at one time? Yeah. If not still, I don't, uh, I don't know I don't that know. answer. That's yes, correct. that is at the time. Yes. That's right. Anyway, in 1991, on this date in the World Series, the Twins beat the Braves 1-0 in the 10th. In Game 7 at the Metrodome, it was the second title for the uh, Twins as they won it in 87 as they beat the Cards. MVP, Twitcher, uh, pitcher, Jack Morris. Might have been the second. No, Kirk Gibson won it in 84, I think, for the Tigers back in that time. Elsewhere on this date, 1992, Don Baylor appointed the first manager of the Colorado Rockies. Of course, the expansion Colorado Rockies. They began play, I do believe, in 94. 
elsewhere. Rot New Orleans, the Zephyrs. That's right. That's right. Anyway, in 2002 in the World Series, Anaheim beats the Giants four games to one. Uh, or I should say beats them four to one in game seven at Edison Field. Uh, this, the Angels' first title, the Anaheim uh, MVP was first baseman Troy Gloss. Boy, I just wish the singing cowboy, Gene Autry, died uh, four years earlier and uh, wish he could have seen his Angels team win uh, the World Series. Elsewhere on this date, in 2004, the Boston Red Sox in the curse uh, as they beat the Cards 3-0 in Game 4 at Bush Stadium to sweep the Cardinals, and uh, the Red Sox win their first title since 1918. Eight straight wins uh, because they swept. Uh, That's right, the, after being down 0-3 to the uh-huh. Yankees. And uh, they made a movie about it, Fever Pitch. <laughs> that was a part of the story. There. Yeah. That was more of a rom-com. But. It, it is, but it uh, kind of uh, worked hand in hand. Uh, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it, too. MVP for the uh, Red Sox, Manny Ramirez. Uh, on this date in 2006 in the World Series, the Cards beat the Tigers 4-2 to in Game 5 at Bush. It's the Cardinals' 10th title in franchise history. MVP. Infielder David Eckstein, the little man who uh, did it all for the Cardinals in that World Series. 2011, who would have forget this, in probably one of the most memorable game sixes, just like against uh, uh, Boston and uh, also the Reds in game six. The St. Louis Cardinals uh, third baseman, David Freeze. It's a game-tying two-run triple with two outs in the ninth and two strikes and then hits the walk-off home run in the 11th as the Cardinals go on to uh, defeat uh, the Rangers and go on to win the World Series uh, two nights from now because they had a rain out. That's where Chris Carpenter could come back and pitch again. Elsewhere uh, in 2018 on this date, the Dodgers beat the Red Sox 3-2 in Game 3 of the Baseball's World Series. And the reason I mention this, they used a record 46 players used by both teams in that game. And Boston uh, went on to win it four games uh, to one. Elsewhere in 2020 on this date, the Dodgers again in the World Series. They beat the Rays 3-1 to one in Game 6 at Globe Life Field. Arlington to win their first title. You got to remember, that was during the COVID year, mm-hmm. and they had to select the, uh, where the games were going to be played. All the postseason games were either in Texas, I think the in Florida. Uh, National League played in Texas, and I'm trying to remember where the American League didn't they play. Didn't they play in Florida, in Tampa? That's I don't think so. No. I don't think so. Anyway. Maybe San Diego. You might be right. Or Dodger Stadium, possibly. Maybe both. In fact, uh, maybe both. Uh, yeah, I think I think that is correct. Anyway, they go on to win their first title. The Dodgers win their first title in 32 years as the MVP with Dodgers shortstop Corey Sager. In 2021 on this date, the Cleveland Guardians men's roller derby team files a lawsuit seeking to block Major League Baseball's Cleveland Indians name change. Of course, uh, they weren't successful. Oh well, no, there was a settlement. Trust me, uh, they they made their they made their point, and they were right too. Well, the Indians uh, were awarded the name uh, the Guardians, but but again, they there was a settlement. All uh, right. So uh, the the roller derby team got a little something. Oh, uh, I'm sure they did. Elsewhere, today's birthdays. Born on this date, 1922, Baseball Hall of Fame left fielder and National League home run leader from 46 to 52 and former Mets announcer Ralph Kiner would be celebrating a birthday today. Uh, he'd be 100 years old, but Ralph uh, passed away, I think, in 2013. Elsewhere on this date, uh, uh, born on this date in 1928, Kyle Rote, NFL halfback with the Giants and from 51 to 61, born in San Antonio, Texas. He also played with uh, SMU back in the day in the late 40s and early 50s. Why do I know his son? Yeah, Kyle soccer Rote player. Jr. Soccer player. Is that right? Yeah, he was a heck of a soccer player back in the, I want to say, the 70s. Uh, and uh, I guess he played on the U.S. team, but the U.S. teams never made it to. Uh, there, there had to be another reason. Was he uh, popular like on the wide world of sports? Probably those, so. Uh, yeah, he might have been one of the announcers possibly maybe in the 80s. But Kyle Rote was uh, made his junior, that is, made his uh, mark as a soccer player. Uh, I want to say he went to SMU also. Anyway, uh, not sure about that, but Kyle Rote uh, Sr. Kyle Rote Sr. was also an announcer for many years for, uh, I don't think it was more of the NFL games uh, back in the uh, 70s, I guess, along with Frank Gifford, a teammate of his with the Giants back in the day. 
Anyway, the quote of the day, uh, let's go to former Dodger great Don Drysdale. When uh, he, he said, when uh, we played in the World Series, uh, checks were meaning something. Now all they do is screw up your taxes. And Drysdale, you know, back in the day when the World Series and most ballplayers were making anywhere from twenty, twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000, which was a nice salary back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, uh, you know, that $5,000, $8,000 check from the World Series, whether the loser or the winner, I mean, the winners got maybe 8 to 10, and the losers got 5 to 7. That was big money for those ball players back there. They'd go out, buy a new car, uh, put a down payment on a home. But Drysdale uh, said when we played in the World Series, the checks meant something today. Oh, no doubt. Today, the checks are still pretty big. But uh, especially if you're a rookie making uh, only seven hundred thousand a year, you know, those World Series checks might be fifty, sixty thousand dollars. So uh, nice payday. And uh, I can remember in the movie sixty one, Bob served said, "Man, we need to make the series. I need the money for my knee operation, which was a few thousand dollars." So uh, anyway, uh, baseball back then was a whole lot different animal. Anyway, that's our today in sports history, Jeff, October twenty seventh. This is where I know Kyle wrote Junior. For- from uh, the made-for-television superstars. Uh, again, I was thinking uh, wide world of sports, uh, competition among athletes and non in their other sports. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, but so, he was a good athlete, yeah. no doubt about that. But his forte was soccer. Yes, indeed. And uh, his dad was football. And his dad played with uh, up at SMU with Frank Gifford with the Giants and a, a good football player. Uh, the Giants, I think, won the NF- NFL championship I think in 55, 57, somewhere in there. I know they lost in 63. Yes, they did. How much the, I remember. To the Bears. The Bears. I, I, of course, I don't remember that game specifically. But I do. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's uh, going to do it. Uh, as always, thanks to the coaches who joined us today. Josh Learman at Nish, Carol Olivier over at Katiana Christian School. And, uh, of course, we thank our sponsors, Jacob Landry, candidate for state representative, District 49, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern. I want to thank Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, Schwing Insurance, and the Headache and Pain Center.